Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottagecore Life. Today, I'm going to take you back in time to a little bit older of an era in the city of Detroit proper. Now, if you go downtown and then you head over to the Monroe area, Monroe Street, you will continue to move forward and then you will eventually run into the Greek Town Casino. And the Greek Town Casino and the Athenium Hotel are wonderful and beautiful businesses, but they're not what we're going to talk about today in that area. We're going to talk about what was there before, for hundreds of years. What am I talking about? Open up your big book of stuff and turn to the Detroit history section because now we're going to remember and talk about Trapper's Alley. Let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by the Milliardaire de Saucier. With a nod to Detroit's Friends Heritage, Lovely Realms Enterprises has put together a carrying case with a deck of cards that are collectibles to let every person feel a little bit magical. The only one of its kind Real magic spells in a traveling card grimoire. A nod to Detroit's heritage and the mysterious Mer Manique. Have we piqued your interest? If so, follow the link provided in the description in this episode and feel the magic in your hands. Okay, let's get back to the show. original complex, the original building that was there before it became Trapper's Alley was Trogut Schmidt and Sons and that was there from around 1889 and it got really popular because it was a tannery. Now you may be interested in knowing that Michigan One of the big things that was keeping our economy floating and that we were founded on was the abundance of beaver and and game here. I mean, tanning, a tannery, you know, that was big business back then. And it wasn't just the tannery. Other buildings and other businesses sprung up around there. In fact, if you look deep enough into Detroit history or into the region's history, you'll see that the beaver trade and the other fur trade is one of the things that made Michigan so popular and so successful in the beginning. You know, trappers, especially the French trappers, the French Canadian trappers used to, um, or the voyageurs used to roll those canoes up and down the waters 
trapping and plying their trade. And those furs used to be exported everywhere. You know, beaver was a huge thing. Even now, people love those beaver coats. And we still have a lot of people that if you go to church on a Sunday here in Detroit, and it's a special Sunday, you're going to see those mothers run around in those beaver coats. And a little bit of on the side note, there have not been beaver running around in the Detroit River for a very long time, but last year, a friend of mine, Tuka, she saw a beaver, and then other people also saw a beaver in the city itself in the Detroit River, well, on the banks of the river. Do you have any idea how big of a deal that is? That's a huge deal. I mean, I wonder if the global situation might have given nature enough of a pause and enough of breathing room, you know, as tragic as it was, to allow nature to bounce back to the point where, you know, without people running around as much, animals started to migrate again back toward these areas. Because Detroit originally was a series of ribbon farms also. So you had trapping, you had trade on the water routes, and you had ribbon farms. So, you know, I'm hoping that the beaver continue to return. I really am. Now, when I say on the river, of course, I don't mean in the middle of the Detroit big river, the, the strait itself. Well, probably one of the small tributaries because we have a lot of harbors and harbors and creeks and things like that. In fact, uh, a few of our roads are actually on top of rivers in the city of Detroit. Many people don't remember that, that these rivers run underneath our roads. So Detroit really is um, the city of rivers and it really is the strait. So I, I just thought that was really interesting that we, we had a beaver that popped back up. So back to the point. So this tannery was skinning and dressing hides, or rather pelts, and well, probably hides too, because I'm sure there were deer. And they were really bustling. I mean, they got up to like over 100 employees. But by the next century, business had dropped off. Well, you can imagine why, right? I mean, industrialization comes and other things start to happen. So they eventually close. And I think it was in the 20s. And then that's it. The building sat vacant. And then it just kind of passed hands through the family until the 50s. I think the last person in the family died in 58. And it could have been 59. I'm not sure. But then it just sat there. The building just sat there. The whole complex. But you need to understand. The reason that it sat there was because Detroit was recovering from a huge amount of civil restructuring and unrest. And for a while, and, and I grew up during the um, during the 70s, so ooh, I'm, I'm letting you know how old I am. I remember the urban decay that was all throughout the city after, you know, the whole have and have nots separation. So I grew up during the time when it was just really recovering and 
Then in eight, the 80s, I think it was 84 or 85, Trapper's Alley was built. And this was part of this whole Metropolitan Detroit revitalization plan. And that's when they decided, because before then they were going to put shops in there. Nothing had come of it. Okay. But in the 80s, remember, that's when we had malls, right? So they decided we're going to make a shopping complex. So they're looking at the area, and, and this area was in Greektown. Now, Greektown, when, when you look at the city of Detroit, there are different areas where, you know, the citizens band together and they go to the city council, and they go to the chamber of commerce, and they're like, look, we have an area of interest to a specific ethnic group that caters with businesses centered around that ethnic group that has a community that supports that group. And that's how you have these little different towns. That's why you have Greek town, um, Bengali town, uh, African village. You have all these different places. And that's because the Chamber of Commerce and the City Council are like, okay, well, great. You know, but locally, colloquially, everybody already knows that this area is what it is. So it was already known as Greek town by the time, you know, the, the, Trapper's Alley business model and the business was opened up. So what they did, they took these buildings, they took uh, the tannery and they took the other building. And you have to understand when I say Trapper's Alley, it literally used to be an alley where they would sell these furs. It was an alley, like an open air street market, a wet market. And they built an entire complex in these two buildings. And it was Trapper's Alley. And if I remember right, because we used to go there so much, it was five floors. And the thing is, we were inside a factory, but the shops were in the factory. There was a fudge shop that you could watch. People make fudge freshly every day. There was an Orange Julius stand. Of course, none of these businesses are sponsoring me. Um, There were import stores, import exports, restaurants, uh, arcades. It was just, it was great. And there was a comic book shop. Trust me. I remember that very well because I used to have a file. So whenever the new comic books would come in, the ones that I loved, they put them in the file. It was it was just great. And of course, because of them locating themselves on top of that alley, of those two buildings in the alley, that's why it was called Trapper's Alley, because fur trappers and the alley. Now, it wasn't in a vacuum. It, it was called Greek Town. And the thing is, there were buildings, there were restaurants in there like the Pegasus and some other Greek restaurants, uh, Nikki's. And they were, you know, really local business people who were plying their trade, who helped basically bring alive that whole section. I mean, there were coffee shops, there were Greek stores that you could actually, you know, get stuff from the old country. You would walk down the street and go to the bakery. And the bakery was always so nice because it had those little coffees and it had the most wonderful pastries. Uh, You'd have that, you'd have churches over there. Some were Greek Orthodox, others were Catholic. And of course, you know, you could, you could definitely get married there. You might see a bride in her blue 
because remember, Greek Orthodox brides in Detroit, in my memory, and still now today, uh, in our area, wear blue. They don't wear white. They wear blue. And the the actual ceremony is in Greek. It's in Greek. But um, I know because my girlfriend almost got married to Nick. Uh, that was a, a good friend of ours. And she had to be fitted for a blue gown. Unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't uh, work out. But yeah, it was... Um, it was a time. You could see the little uh, fishermen there because if they were fishermen in Greece, they would come to Michigan and they actually still fished here. But a lot of the times you saw older people just enjoying life. Huge immigrant population. It was wonderful. You could have authentic Greek food, you know. I don't know many people who don't have the experience of uh, flaming cheese here. You know, if you didn't hear Opa at least once in Trapper's Alley, did you live in Detroit during the 80s? It was almost a rite of passage to go to Greek town on a Saturday night and walk up and down uh, the different shops, buying things you probably didn't need, eating wonderful food at the restaurants, and getting hassled by the police. <laughs> because teenagers with not a lot to do, you know, often get hassled. Well, this was the age of the mall. There were, there were no malls inside of the city. They would set up on the edge of the city, outside of the city. And that was deliberate. Um, there was a lot of, you know, uh, demographic tensions at that time. So, you know, there was a, a racial element, a, a socioeconomic element, and the fact that Detroit had a lot of taxes. So in order to avoid that, those malls set up right across the street from the city limit. Even today, that is a, a big business model here. They will use the word Detroit, but they're actually not in the city. Even I own a business that has the name Detroit in it, but I couldn't set up inside the business proper because I couldn't afford the taxes. So, you know, sometimes it's a tax game. It, it really is. But I also donate a lot of money back to my old neighborhood. So it works out. You know, I used to work in the city, I used to work social services. So I've done my part. I do my part. Um, the other thing is, is that I don't take money away from others. So that works out too. I remember one of the best nights we ever had. I used to go to this restaurant called The Music Menu in Detroit. I would take the people mover, go to the music menu. It was a, a rhythm and jazz and rhythm and blues place. And I remember we had the greatest night. We had wings, BB King wings and a beer. And that was when I could drink beer. And uh, I just, I can't process it now. And we sat there listening to them do a live recording by this group called the Brothers Groove. Great times. town was really great and especially Trapper's Alley and there's still some shops left from Greek town but what was there when I was younger as far as that whole complex those days are gone I mean that that's not coming back it is what it is you know is what people will say and we lost a bit of history because the thing about it being called Trapper's Alley is they really had a lot of historical markers in the building itself 
from the company to tell you about the history of the area. And if you don't look for these things um, in history now, like at the Detroit Historical Society or at the Chamber of Commerce or in different uh, Detroit architectural groups, you might never know what was there. And I think it's important to remember it. There's a whole generation of people, Gen X. Hello, I'm Gen X. Uh, Now you really know my age, right? There's a whole generation of people that have really core memories of walking through Trapper's Alley dressed a little bit like Bruce Lee quoting show Nuff from The Last Dragon listening to Prince wearing hairstyles like Vanity Six I remember that hair I had that hair and just eating candied apples smelling of Aquanet hairspray and cruising for boys or girls or both And I think that we have lost something by it no longer being there. What is there now? A casino, a parking garage, a hotel. The the Eastern Market is still in the area, but we, we lost a little bit of something. Just a little bit. Now, there are some restaurants that are still there. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the same. give you the wrong impression. Greektown did not destroy the buildings and all that. The atriums and things are still there. And it was around 2000 that the Greektown Casino was built. Now, at first, it was owned by the Chippewa Indian tribe. You have to remember, you know, I tell you this all the time, and I don't remember, you know, if I've talked about it this year. But our indigenous populations here are very thriving, very vibrant, very active. You know, we share this land with them and, you know, not necessarily consensually either. But I'm, I'm just I'm just making a truthful statement. There's a lot of parts where we are and a lot of parts where we aren't. You know, there's a reason Fox River exists. If you don't know about the Fox tribe and what they were doing, those Fox warriors... You need to look it up. It's part of Detroit history. But, um, yeah, so the Chippewa Indians had it for a while. And then Dan Gilbert uh, bought it later. Dan Gilbert is a, a huge developer here in the city. And he's made a lot of changes in revitalizing some good, some questionable. Um, the word gentrifier comes to mind, but, you know, that's just me. And I guess it's better than having vacant buildings, but... In some cases, you know, some history, a lot of history can be lost. Uh, Specifically, there was a shop called Discount Candle uh, that used to be Fuchs and had been there for many, many years, and now it's gone. And that has to do with, again, part of the revitalization that was going on. And that's even recently. And it had been there since I had, you know, before I was even born, so... You have to kind of look at these things like, yes, we're gaining, but what are we losing? So now, you know, you can go downtown, you can go to the casino. It's a lot more trendy. I guess a lot more, a little more fast paced. 
but is still, you know, friendly to a point because Michigan is friendly. But the, the, the character has changed quite significantly. And of course, you know, the area has been, you know, lifted up. Rising water lifts all boats. There's new businesses there that have never been there before. You know, the entire downtown landscape has undergone a bit of a renaissance. You know, Hughes and Hatcher is gone, but busted the bra place is, is open. So it's a bra fitting place. It's a wonderful shop. I've actually gotten a bra at busted on uh, Woodward Avenue. Uh, go see Samara. She's awesome. She is absolutely awesome. Shout out to you because I love the way you fit my bra. It was wonderful. Best bras I've ever had. Other than the ones I had when I was going to my prom. Those people aren't alive anymore. So, you know, we, we have to change. But, you know, but yeah. So, so yeah, I just, everything has changed. You know, Campus Martius is there now. They moved the monument that had stood where Campus Martius was at that time. So there's been a lot of changes and they're great changes. And I don't want to come down, but we're, we have to be mindful that there's still history there. We want to remember our history. Even recent history is still history. You know, just like we know that there were wooden pipes in some of the buildings there made of tamarack wood. People are forgetting that. Just like we know that underneath those streets are red brick. And if you go down far enough, far enough, you know, if they survive the Great Detroit Fire, there, there's, there are some logs where those roads are way down deep, you know, vertically under those roads. So if you get a chance, visit Detroit, visit Trapper's Alley area, which is now Greektown Casino, and um, have some fun. You know, I love sharing these little bits of, of character and history with my friends, and we're friends, right? And um, I would love for you to experience uh, the culture there. It's so wonderful. And emerging of culture and cuisine is, is one, it's just, it's something that is uniquely Detroit. It's not just about, okay, there's a Greek restaurant, but it could be a Greek restaurant that also serves Lebanese food. You never know what you'll find here. And I hope you come and I hope you visit and I hope you let me know about it. See you next time here in my Magical Cottage Girl Life. Thank you for listening. <laughs>